0: It's Three Point Podcast time again, and coming up next is Episode 72. Wow, what a great sports and entertainment weekend, and Three Point Podcast gives you the best take on athletics and pop culture from three sports guys from three different generations. I'm the elder statesman, Ted Fatale of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 Radio, here in our mid-Michigan Three Point Podcast studios. Our middleman and social media master is Matt Burns of the Worldwide Leader in Sports, ESPN checking in from Charlotte, North Carolina, and our youngest viewpoints come from Jared Fatale of great Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. And make sure you give us a follow on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us at 3 Pod. Joining us today are our great advertising partners, including Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Taphouse and Grill, the Corona Connection, and Card Service Michiana. Thanks also to our website partners, Sports Radio Detroit, and our friends at Midwest Sports Network. Well, we're going to dive deep into the NBA playoffs, the PGA, the Preakness, and entertainment news, including, I'm sure, a little bit of talk about Game of Thrones. And we'll have that coming right up after these messages from our three-point podcast partners. Three point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee
2: and M21 in Corona. 85, 90,
3: 95, 100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items, and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that
2: too. Call today: 989-720-Sell. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell. We'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-Sell. You'll do better with Sheridan
3: so the finale of game of thrones happened and people are just irate on twitter and to describe how it felt for my family so right when the episode ended uh normally like the showrunners will have like their after the episode chat or whatever we sat there and watched like three or four minutes of hbo commercials you know showing us like barry uh, VP, uh, like all the other HBO shows that they have. And then when it was over and the screen went to black and we realized that the episode was over, we just sat there in silence for maybe (laughs) two or three minutes. My brother, Josh, who's the biggest game of Thrones fan. I know literally fell asleep in during the episode as he had to watch it this morning.
0: You know, and I, I'm not the biggest game of Thrones fan in the world, but, it was a little slow. I mean, I thought that they they closed out most of, most of the storylines okay, but it was a little slow. Uh,
3: were you a little bit surprised on who was named uh, the the new king, if you will? Well, there was spoilers got out a couple like a couple weeks before that, and all of a sudden Brand's odds just dropped like dramatically. He was like minus four hundred by the mm-hmm. time the episode aired, and. When you live in Twitter and you're on Twitter all the time and social media, Instagram, you're going to run into a spoiler here and there. Right. So I knew that he was kind of, you know, the favorite going into the episode, but it still surprised me a little bit. It just and just the way they did it, like basically having like some sort of like electoral college or something. That's not the right word. Electoral college is like they they used to elect a president, but some sort of like group gathering to to decide that he's going to be the king.
0: Yeah, they had the lords and the ladies, I guess, if you you will, kind of sit on a panel. Are you still with us, Matt, by the way?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole thing, like, it's been great epic battles is what this show is all about, right? And obviously the dragons. So there wasn't, like, this huge, crazy epic battle that wrapped the whole show
3: up? No. And I thought that's the route it would have went. And the dragon even... So get this, this, is, this will just describe this episode to you in one scene. So the main... Two main characters, Jon Snow and Danny, uh, like, the, the Mad Queen is what she ended up being known as at the end of the show... Jon Snow kills her, and then her dragon comes up and senses that she's dead. And instead of, like, trying to kill Jon Snow, who killed Danny, the dragon somehow understands, you know, corruption and power, how it can corrupt, decides to, like, melt the Iron Throne, which is what everyone's trying to sit on. You know, at the end, that's what everyone was talking about, who's going to end up on the Iron Throne. So somehow this dragon was able to to comprehend (laughs) that (laughs) this is why his, like, rider, his, like, founder, his leader, I guess, like, died.
0: Well, I think the drag, this is so weird I'm talking about a dragon. The dragon also <laughs> is aware of Jon Snow and his his ranking, right? Because Jon Snow is
3: the only other person that can ride dragons, right? I guess. That was the thing. It's like he- Jon Snow is the rightful heir to the throne, you know, because he's right. a bastard kid. But, yeah, we- <laughs> like it had no effect on the show whatsoever. <laughs> it's it just there's a lot of stuff that they didn't wrap up good. And the showrunners, they're-, they're going on to Star Wars. They're directing the next, like, trilogy of Star Wars movies. So a lot of people are angry thinking that that's why they didn't want they didn't wrap it up, you know, take the proper amount of time that it took to really do this show like justice. And and there's like a petition going around. It's got like over four hundred thousand signatures of people wanting to redo this I think, it's over, I think oh, it's, it's, over it's over a million. Oh, it's over a million. So it must have really jumped up since I checked a couple days ago after this last episode. People are just they
0: that's ludicrous. Number one, that's never going to happen. I understand the frustration, but a better solution would be they left they left the show a little open ended. There there are storylines they could continue on. And uh, and maybe do a whole different spin on things, don't you think? I mean, you got Area; she's going out west and trying to explore out there. You got John Snow, who was sentenced to what do they call that big wall thing? Just so they can what? Screw up the ending again? Well, no, have a whole just start over. First off, just I, start over. I
3: kind of understand the you know it's kind of dumb to sign a petition, but when you put ten years of your life into watching a show, and they just decide that because they have bigger and better things to move on to, that they're they're. They've it's served their purpose in their own life, the showrunners' life, that they're going to move on to Star Wars and other things. They just completely, pretty much, just ruined this entire show for you. The show that brought you so much entertainment every Sunday night for the, since 2011. I, it's not like you—you you, you just started watching, you know, on uh, you basically binge-watched it. It's, it's maybe a week of your time. You, you're not angry. You probably loved the episode last
1: night. No, no, just, I was
0: going to tell you, I didn't love it. I, like I said, it was uh, it was a bit slow. It it didn't break my heart because I hadn't I haven't. You know, put 10 years of my life into it. So uh, I'm not that sold into it. But I thought they closed up most of the storylines that I had been following this year. I think the only thing on this season that I had the biggest problem with the two best episodes were the two major battles. The one mm-hmm. you, you couldn't hardly see, but it was still a major battle. The whole show pretty much was that battle. And then, you know, the dragon queen just totally destroying that city. That was intense too. But all the other episodes were not, you know, they were kind of meh. You, as and Matt you, would and say. the thing
3: that bothered me is that all the actors, like um Tyrion Lannister Peter Dinklage is his name like all of those guys they were all like shitting on the show like oh they that are? it was bad like w- in the middle of the season like really? they've all done it said right. that it's horrible I didn't know so that it's then. like I, I kind of see their point because it was very bad but it's also like this is kind of your show maybe mm-hmm. you know maybe if you were more positive about it, you can kind of control the narrative and it wouldn't be hated as much as it is wow
2: didn't you just start watching the show season seven Jared
3: yes so you haven't put 10 years in? Well, I mean 3 years, his brother. I'm not guys. I wasn't referencing I was just saying that people have put 10 years into it and I see their point of view, the people that have signed the petition. I have not signed the yeah. petition. Are you I that, know
0: people who have. Are you that upset with this season that it it was that bad? It wasn't it wasn't entertainment. And I'm you a, like to say when I get critical on a movie or
3: something? I'm a man of the people. <laughs> I, when people are, are you, outraged, <laughs> I I will go join
2: along them. with
1: it. All right. I have
3: a
2: voice. I do think they could do a spinoff though i obviously don't know much about the show but like yeah i was gonna ask you if that was true i heard that the writers signed on with you know with disney to do star wars so people are saying that's why they rush through the season so you definitely it sounds like you think there's something to that but like i don't know what the rights are with game of thrones but if they could like give the rights away to a new writer you know a new group or whatever and they could do a spinoff maybe that would be a way to like get well, the, the fans back into it the, but I, I definitely don't think, you know, sign the petition, that's cool, but you can't, like, use the men in black, like, the flashy light thing and erase this season from people's memory and just redo it, you know?
3: Yeah, and the thing I, that worries me and what really ticks me off is that they had one shot with this acting crew. The acting crew that's, like I said, been around for 10 years. That's true. And they blew it. They really did. Yeah. And, and, you know, man in the arena, I get all that. Like, let's see you wrap up the show any better. I honestly think... That if you gave me the rough outline, I could have made a couple of changes here or there that would have made this show, this last season, like 10 times better.
0: So would you rank this? I mean, you're still a young guy. Matt, you've been around longer than Jared, and I've been around the longest. When you look at a series finale wrap-up, and you're obviously upset about this one. Mm -hmm. It wasn't very good. Does any other series that you were tuned into that wrapped up? uh you like lost. lost horrible okay lost
3: was probably even worse purgatory i even made a joke right before this episode like oh they're all just gonna end up being in purgatory the thing that people keep throwing around like the seinfeld ending was that like actually that bad it was bad it what
2: re- was no. it that was yeah, I, i'm on the other side of that i didn't I think know it was of that course bad. I, I thought it kind of like went with the show a show about nothing they just end up sitting in a jail cell and that's it
0: yeah, I'd have to watch it again to refresh my memory, but I know I was pretty disappointed at the time. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about the Sopranos; that's got mixed reviews. I happen to like it. I think you liked it. Yeah, too, I liked you, it, Jared. Too. It was it was kind of a neat way to end it, where you it just went to your imagination. What happened to Tony and the rest of the crew? Some of the better ones I thought were like Breaking Bad. I thought that ended really good. Yeah, that's always the one that's thrown out there. Yeah, uh, other good ones: Mary Tyler Moore Show. I mean, I'm it's more, reality, right? No, it's oh. uh, a sitcom. It's more Oh, it was a sitcom. Yeah, it was a sitcom. And I, and I'm more of the sitcom guy of the bunch here and we'll keep moving along here on tether entertainment tonight since we're <laughs> we're rolling was, through this. I was
2: going to say i was just going to make a comment about Thrones real quick if we're moving on from Thrones. Yes. So I was I was talking to some buddies who also don't watch it. We weren't like sitting there like giggling or like we weren't like laughing about we're the ones that don't watch Thrones. We were just talking about this finale and how everyone is talking has this reaction like Jared does. I was just saying, like, if people are trying to sell Game of Thrones as one of the best series of all time, you know, trying to get some people like myself who didn't watch it, who haven't watched one episode, you know, trying to sell it. Like people used to sell Breaking Bad. You've got to watch Breaking Bad. It's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. If people are trying to do that for Game of Thrones and also saying that the final season was absolutely awful and the season, the series finale is a complete train wreck, that is not the way to sell the series. If you're telling me the final season and the series finale is a train wreck, there's no chance I'm watching one episode of that show now.
3: I don't know. It's it's more about, the journey. Say, it's more about the, the journey. It's more about the journey than it is this
2: incredible it's... series finale, amazing. Oh man, it was so good. That would make me like, okay, you know, if it was that good, maybe I'll start to tune in, but if the show wraps up like trash, I'm not going to spend hundred hours of my life watching it or whatever.
3: It's more about the journey than it is the uh, destination, Matt. Uh, <laughs> although the last season wasn't that good, it wasn't like it wasn't good for Game of Thrones standards. Like I think that's what's getting lost here. It wasn't good for Game of Thrones standards.
0: And and to bring up a term I used, I believe a couple pods ago, it jumped the shark leading into this <laughs> season. Right? I mean, this season was they should have left after last season the way this season played out, probably they could have they could have had those two battle scenes maybe extended last season and called it a series instead of hurrying it through this this season
3: yeah that's the thing i don't get why and maybe it is a star wars maybe the actors wanted to go could on be. to other things i guess yeah i mean when you spend 70 days on a battle scene that no one ended up being able to see. I right. can see how that might be frustrating, and you want to just get on and be somebody else other than Jon Snow. It's, it's but. pretty
0: surprising to me, though, that they would hurry through something that costs so much. I mean, it's still, the production values were still incredible, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah,
2: the, You, if you've spent that much time and money on it, you've got to wrap it up correctly, I guess, right? I mean, you got to justify the whole series with a great last season. It seems like, do you guys think – probably more, Jared, just because, Ted, you just started tuning in. Right. Like, now knowing the final season, would you, like, if they would have, in this, like, one-year break or whatever, two-year break they had, if, you know, the writer signed on with Disney, you know, whatever, and they just all of a sudden were like, you know what, it's over. Like, we can't do a final season. Do you think it would have been better
3: off that way? No, I just because then you you would always wonder, you know, who would end up on – you still feel kind of, like, accomplished. It's kind of weird how our brains are wired. Like, you finish a show, you feel like you just, like – accomplish something. Right. When well, you get it over with. Yeah. And at it's... least
0: they gave you some finality. I mean you yeah, know, exactly you know how it ended, whether you liked it or didn't like it. At least you mm. know how it ended,
2: right?
3: Exactly. Yeah. And now yeah, you that's know-
2: kinda like I know this is you Jared's kinda ripping a little bit for watching this show, but <laughs> I, I really liked it. My wife and I and we watched it a lot. Uh The New Girl. And that's kinda how that series it's a that's kinda how it was gonna go. They had a season that now the second to last season Ended and all the actors, they weren't for sure they were going to do one more final season, and it was kind of like like if it wouldn't have done the final season, I guess we would have known like some stuff that probably happened. But without that final season, you know, you got like you just said, like you feel like it was accomplished. Now you know all the storylines are wrapped up. You know whatever what their futures are going to be like. So yeah, like when it was like they weren't going to do that final season, there was that feeling of.
0: Man, what the hell? I, I don't. I got to know what what ends up happening. So for sure, you know that I am a sitcom guy. I like sitcoms. A new girl. I enjoyed that show. I haven't watched it all yet. I haven't got back to, into it. You know how Netflix gets you on other stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's a here's a segue for us. Big Bang Theory. You know, I like that show. I've watched every episode. Their series finale was perfect. I mean, they they closed every answer that we were looking for you know it was it was one of the all-time greatest what do you want to call it ensemble group as far as a sitcom I mean you put it you have to put it right there with friends and Seinfeld and the, the way they closed it out was perfect and and on top of that you know they have the the spin-off show young Sheldon <laughs> they tied they tied that all together on the follow-up show young Sheldon so oh, cool. k- kudos there to CBS and how they did that
2: So I'm going to ask if you're comfortable with it, Ted. I'm going to be—I told you that I've I've watched most of that show. Mm -hmm. I don't know when I'll actually go back and watch this final season, the series finale. If you're comfortable with it, I'm I'm curious: what are those storylines? How they tied it off? They finally hopped on the elevator.
4: Well,
0: that, that
2: worked. I saw that.
0: That's part of it. The elevator actually worked. Penny, she showed up in this episode for the first time. The elevator door opens. And she comes out and sees uh, Sheldon and uh, and Leonard, <laughs> and she says, hey, let's use the elevator. It works. It hasn't worked during the entire series. Great. That was pretty cool the way they tied that in. Also, uh also, uh, Sheldon and his wife were nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize in, uh, in chemistry. Okay. And they ended up winning. They got the call. They won. And uh, the whole crew went to Sweden to accept the award. So they tied that all together. I won't give all the details. And then also... Penny, you know who Penny is, Yep. uh, her and her husband, uh, Sheldon there, or uh, not Sheldon, Leonard, they announced that they're expecting of
3: their baby. Okay, all right.
2: it
0: it all tied together
3: nice. Now, why would, Matt, why would he have been uncomfortable saying that?
2: Oh, you know, like with a spoiler, (laughs) I guess it's been a couple weeks now since that one aired, but, you know, we talked, what was it, after, uh, oh, Avengers, Endgame. We didn't want to give away any spoilers. The,
0: yeah, I think the, movies might be a little different. The second than TV. that we
3: start worrying about uh, spoiling Young Sheldon is the moment <laughs> that spoilers have gone too far. Hey man, uh, Big Bang
1: Theory—that that, that's a big deal.
0: Hey, that's a, that was a great show, and I'm not ashamed at all to like it. It, it was well written. And uh, well-acted, so kudos to Big Bang for finishing up right. Here's one for you guys. I don't know if you had a chance. I was also on Netflix this week and decided to watch a movie, Black Klansman. Have you guys seen that one, a Spike Lee
2: movie? Yeah, I have. I saw a promo. I haven't watched it yet, though.
3: Adam Driver. And...
2: Adam
0: Driver was great. Topher Grace played uh, KKK leader David Duke, directed by Spike Lee, nominated for an Academy Award. I don't know how I, how I Criticize the movie without sound, sounding racist, but I didn't see how that movie deserved an Academy Award nomination. It was good, it was entertainment, it was a decent movie, but to be nominated for Academy Award, I'm a, I was a little
3: surprised. Spike Lee is he's never won a, um, I know Oscar, right? And, and That's correct. I, it's more of like I feel like it's more of it's like importance, I guess. You know what I mean? It's cultural importance. I don't yeah. know. It's message. I think that, that had more to do with it than okay, the movie. and
0: I won't be too critical on it. But I, you know, Spike Lee's movies, I guess. How would you describe them? Maybe not quirky, they're, they're, but do you put them in kind of the same category as Quentin Tarantino.
3: Well, they're kind of yeah, they're kind of bizarre. Like yeah. he's got game, right? That's my number one complaint about that movie. It's it's like jazz throughout. Like that movie probably would have been 10 times better if there's you know some tupac or biggie or something like music within it and just he does weird stuff like that that i don't like and it's just a lot of the shots like the cinematic shots like i know like when they're having a speaker i guess at like the college colorado college it's like they're showing different faces of people in the audience like fading in and out it's just kind of weird yeah
1: i would
0: say matt though if you ever get the time it's worth watching i mean it's a a good movie it has a good statement and uh some pretty good Plot twist, so I, I'd watch it.
3: I did like the uh, joke from that movie when it's Adam Driver and another white guy, and then Denzel Washington's uh, son, who's actually the lead in that movie. Oh, uh, I, I didn't realize yeah, that. De- I was
0: trying to figure out who that guy was. He was very John good. John David Washington, I he think He was outstanding. His name or
3: something like that. And, um, they're like talking about, he's like trying to prove like how he's not, you know, racist. He's like, he's like, he loves like Kareem, loves Met, like loves uh, like Magic. He's like, I love OJ. Like, OJ's oh, yeah. my favorite. <laughs> That's right. They're like, yeah, everyone loves OJ. That's just my funny. But
0: some other quick, t- quick hitters here, guys, uh, before we move on to sports talk. Uh, uh, the big promos coming with Aladdin and Will Smith. What do you think about oh. that and uh, remaking the movie in general?
2: Well, I can answer that right away i'm i'm pumped for it i'm i'm a disney nerd obviously jared rips on me all the time for going to disney world but uh, i love the disney movies i mean i grew up with those like you know lion king aladdin those old ones i I love the new ones especially not like my daughter's watching them so it's fun uh i lo- and i like the live action remakes that they're doing i felt they, they've all been good the aladdin one people have been ripping it saying you know Will Smith was a bad choice because I feel like people are trying to compare him to Robin Williams and it's like, this is, the live action movies are completely different than the cartoons, so, I mean Will Smith, he's not going to be Robin Williams like, it's a completely different movie uh, and I, Will Smith is one of my favorite actors, so when I saw he was going to play Genie, I was pumped and the promos look great, so I, I'm I'm pumped for it. I don't know, I'm, I'm curious to see what, like, if if it's like a different movie, or because the Lion King one that's coming up almost looks like it's like a shot-for-shot shot remake of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And Aladdin looks like they did change some stuff up. So I'm, I'm curious to see what they do. So, yeah, I'm excited for it.
3: I know that, uh, I honestly thought that this looked terrible. Unbelievably, like, terrible. Like, the previews that I saw. I, I, I'm i actually surprised to see, like, a lot of the early, like, reactions to it are, like, actually positive. Uh, but it's no surprise that Matt likes, I mean, obviously, as you know, he's a Disney nerd. And he's a 1990s kid. Any kid that grew up in the 1990s thinks that Will Smith is, like, the best actor in the world just because of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I know it's not going to be a shot-for-shot remake, Matt. Uh, They changed, like, some of the songs, like, how they sound and stuff like that. And they added, like, a couple new characters and stuff like that.
0: Has it been rated by Rotten Tomatoes yet? No.
3: It's just, you know, some of the earliest, earliest, like, critics have been able to rate it. But I don't know. It... I feel kinda of weird. I do like appreciate I did go see Beauty and the Beast. I love Beauty and the Beast. I did see the live action remake of that one, but Aladdin never really struck a chord with me when I was growing up. I don't know just something about it and was never really quite my movie.
0: I would I'm I'm not rushing out to go see it, but I think it would probably be a pretty entertaining movie and I'm also on Matt's side, Will Smith. I, pretty much everything he's in pretty damn good. Yep. So uh one I'm a little worried about, you guys know what a what a slappy I was for Bohemian Rhapsody. What do you think about the upcoming Rocketman and what you hear, the Elton John story?
2: I mean, I've, I've heard, I think we talked about it maybe a little while ago, um, but I've heard it's a little iffy.
0: That's what I've heard, too.
2: I, I haven't read a ton about it, but the little bit I have has said it's it's not very good. So, yeah, that, that'd be disappointing. That's too bad. That, that has the potential to be a cool movie.
3: I thought so. I, yeah, I, I did say I remember predicting that it was going to be better than Bohemian Rhapsody. We'll see. I saw the reviews as well. It's not looking that good. I'll watch um, it, though,
0: because, I mean, the Elton John story is pretty good. And, I mean, face it, he's a superstar. There's no doubt.
3: He, yeah. Tremendous music. You know who's uh, a superstar? How about this first segue? Ted go ahead um Lil Nas X recently just dropped his brand new music video this song's been out since I think December 2nd 2018 it's taken over the millennials taken over the Gen Zers everyone's listening to it it's Old Town Road it's a great song it's what people like to call country rap is what it is it's actually taken off the billboards this is kind of old news but the music video just dropped and I just thought we need to we need to get our thoughts on the table about this song it's absolutely fire in my opinion I love it the music video is incredible uh, little lot Nas, Nas X is my favorite. I like Billy Ray Cyrus. Grew up watching Hannah Montana, uh, which his daughter was in, and he was in as well. <laughs> <laughs> just a great, just a great
2: man. If you're if you're ripping on me for going to Disney World and being a Disney nerd, and you just got that excited about growing up on Hannah Montana, <laughs> you, you can't make fun of me anymore for being a Disney nerd.
3: The difference is you're thirty; I was like eight. That's the <laughs> difference there. But I just, what are our thoughts? <laughs> I mean, it had cameos from Chris Rock had these are a couple of guys i didn't know Vince Staples Rico Nasty Diplo uh we're all in the music video as well What Diplo Ted wow. you said that you actually thought it was a good song which actually song. surprised
0: me No no it's a good song I think i saw him, I saw, I think i saw it performed on one of the award show i watched recently mm-hmm. too It's not bad not bad
2: Yeah i was i I thought it was good I thought it was good before Billy Ray Cyrus got into it but uh <laughs> him him getting in and you know to get it back in the country billboard or the country charts or whatever they had to do um I do. It made it better. One of the reasons he like hopped in is because like what song was it? Achy Breaky Heart. Yep, that was his. And the, when that came out, they said that wasn't country enough, so it was like at the top of the charts, and then they took it off the country charts. So like that's why he hopped on with him to like get it back in the country charts because he had the similar experience. So I thought that was really cool.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah,
2: the song's great. I mean, some people are sick of it just because it's like now it's like kind of cliche that everyone likes it. But uh, that's what happens. When you use I, my it. hot take about this topic is it. it man it bugs me it gets me fired up i'm actually glad that you brought that up cuz i've been wanting to bring it up on on the pod before i worked at a store fye in college for a few years and if you guys don't know what it is it's a, like a cd's dvds like video games kind of store in the mall mm-hmm. and so cd's was like the biggest part um and people would come in all the time and now i've seen people say like whatever on social media when they're talking about music country music rap rap music rock whatever and at the time Taylor Swift was one of the biggest, she was up and coming. People didn't know who she was, but then she was in the country section and people would always come in and be like, "Why is this artist in the country section? She's not even country. <laughs> country is this." And they'd get so bent out of shape. But then with other artists, "Why is this why is this person in rap? Why is this person in rock? They're not true country. They're not true true rock." And I never understood that. It always like got my blood boiling like, "Why do you care so much?" if someone says they want to be country someone says they want to be rock if they want to be part of that like genre of music so like the the country like purist if you want to say that that got mad at this dude for you know a rapper a hip-hop artist trying to make a country song why is that that big of a deal like why do they get so mad about that
3: well it's like, even, redneck. even though know taylor
2: swift was a little more like poppy you know if she's saying she's country why the hell does it matter Maybe well, you like the music. You like the music, right?
3: Yeah, well, let's give it a spin here. I think that Florida Georgia Line is is rock and roll music. You what don't... are your thoughts on that, Ted? Well, rock, kind of, real the rock ones, and roll. The big
2: ones too. Like a lot of the country peers, are like Florida Georgia Line or some of these other like country bands. They're not true country music. Who the hell cares, man? It's music. Just enjoy it.
3: Right up there with Queen and ACDC. No way. Your I
0: never thought. I never thought of it that way. But I do think that you know they're more of a rock act and country has kind of they've kind of evolved a little bit with the bands that have the guitars and the drums and you know they feature those instruments it does become more rocky but i would not say they're they're a rock i'd say they're country it's just that country you know there's there's kind of like a country <laughs> see, see rock I mean. Here we there's, go. A, there's a category country <laughs> Here rock we go. right
3: well there you have it you would have a problem with it if i put it in the rock and roll section yeah,
2: yeah. Yep, I, my
1: biggest point
2: I, I just like the people who get like mad you know they can't stand florida georgia lion taylor swift whoever or a uh, little for being making country music rock whatever and they like act like they're like the end all be all like they're at the pearly gates or whatever like making the final judgment of if something is country or rock like one get off your high horse it's just music enjoy it sit back and you know stop getting so mad but like country music it's, I, it's rock music like just have fun why well, do you care so much
0: well this is perfect for us to kind of wrap up our uh entertainment tonight i had some other things in the entertainment world before we get along with some more music talk i want to say rest in peace to tim conway Do you guys know who tim conway is he was a comedian on the carol burnett show hilarious guy look it up on on your computer sometime dorf on golf he had a he had a character that he played this little short guy playing golf hilarious he passed away uh, Doris Day from the fifties Casper Aserad dead at ninety seven Peggy Lipton of the Mod Squad she was one hot mama back in the seventies she passed away but back to music I got I got a couple things for you recently on Saturday Night Live the Jonas Brothers okay here's this old guy. But I actually enjoy their music. They they had a couple pretty good songs on uh, Saturday Night Live. What do jo- you think?
1: The
3: Jonas Brothers are also a band that I grew up with, you know, they were on Disney Channel when I was, yep. you know, 8 9 10. I love their music. They got some talent. I cannot be more ecstatic that they're making a comeback. Call me, you know, kind of girly or whatever you want to say. I love the Jonas Brothers. Great band.
0: Music, good music is good music. You know, I thought it's pretty good. There's a few ba- few boy bands from back in the 90s. I thought some had, had some pretty good <laughs> some pretty good songs, too. Like Backstreet Boys had a couple of good ones and that's, NSYNC.
3: Yeah, Matt's probably Timberlake. got a few of their uh, CDs. Sure he does, right, Matt? Backstreet Boys. That's what I mean. If
2: you like the music, you like the music, right? Who cares if it's Jonas Brothers? Right. Good but artist.
0: I, I do have a question about this dude, though, that's very popular. Now, we're recording here, and we have uh, Captain E-Man, a DJ at uh, nightclubs in the area dj Khaled, is that how you say his name yes what what the hell what is what is his talent
3: he's a producer
0: he's he's like a frontliner though i mean he he was the headline guest on saturday night live you know and all these other rappers and john legend come out but so he's a producer but he's in the limelight up front yes how's that
2: for a while there and he was maybe one of the biggest ones but there were all these like DJ guys coming out. Some of them would rap a little bit,
0: and he does a little, yeah. I guess.
2: Yeah, they were mostly producers, okay. and then they would like come in DJ College. You know, they'd do that on the track, and right. then they would like make the beats and the music, and then you know whoever would actually rap. But but yeah, as far as them being the headliner, it's mostly yeah them about being being a DJ. I mean, they're they're mostly a DJ.
3: I know that he has been booed out of a concert before and had like tomatoes thrown at him. Oh, because okay. he yeah. was apparently not very good in concert. Yeah,
0: just trying to figure out how he worked that whole angle to be. I mean, he he's like a A lister, right?
3: Well, isn't it kind of. That's kind of what Dr. Dre, like, he doesn't write his own raps. He just. People write it for him, and he just oh, raps over. It's yeah, kind of but the Dr. same Dre thing. He's is one it? of the best rappers of yeah, all yeah, time. Yeah, but I, was, so. I don't know enough about him, but obviously. Yeah, he's really early
2: 90s. He's, he's one of the best rappers of all time. Now, yeah, now he's mostly a producer, but. No,
3: he was always. It, he never. I don't think he, he ever wrote write his own. own yeah, at he all? didn't. He was the producer of, you know. N.W.A. Right, but, yeah, you, you but he didn't he write
2: had the raps. A lot of solo albums.
3: You don't think he did any of the lyrics himself? No, I know. Like in his most recent album, like Kendrick Lamar and like Eminem were writing. Like okay, rap. his most recent. Right. Well, I'm he's pretty, been around a long time.
2: Yeah, he's been around a long time. I mean, he had the Chronic. He had two. He he's one of the best rappers of all time. He is now also he's a producer. Yeah, he was part of N.W.A. and then a big part with you know Eminem. But no, he has some of the biggest rap albums of all time of his own.
0: Yeah. Well, my favorite of all time is Eminem, but. That's about the extent of my rap uh, pleasure. Uh, Matt, Jared's looking up uh, some information, and I don't want to let this segment go without your review of the big Bob, Bob Seger and Grand Funk concert you had a chance to see.
2: Oh, man. I mean, obviously we talked about it the last time we went a few months ago, my wife and I, uh, to see Bob Seger. And we, uh, we I, I probably said it on the pod that like we were good with that one show. This is his final tour. We got to see him once, but he came through Charlotte, and we were like, man, come on. If he's coming through Charlotte, we can't turn this down. It's a venue that's like DTE or like Pine Knob, you know, like an out- outdoor amphitheater, you know. Right. Um, right, So perfect night. It was like 75, 80 degrees. The crowd, it was a good mix, again, of like people my age, but then, you know, people more your age, Ted, or like right. my parents' age, you know, just reliving their glory days watching Seeger again see everyone singing the songs and just having a blast and it was awesome so i didn't we didn't know grand funk railroad uh was opening but when we were in line you know at the ticket line we heard some people saying like yeah grand funk and i I turned around and asked like is grand funk opening And they said yeah and i was like oh my god i like immediately text my parents because i mean my parents I, I know you know all about grand funk ted but uh, sure i think they might my parents might like grand funk more than bob seeger probably not but like Bob Seger and Grand Funk—that's like what I grew up listening to, you know, like through my parents.
0: So well, did your parents were they didn't, were didn't
2: they to fl- see them together, you know, in one show? I mean, it was honestly one of those like once in a lifetime moments. It was it was really cool.
0: That's fantastic. Now, your parents were—are they Flintstones?
2: Yeah, they both went to uh, Flint Southwestern.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's where Grand Funk really is from, and I, th- this is just my statement on that. I remember Grand Funk Railroad; they were at the top of the list back in the '70s. I can't believe they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. To be honest with you, they they should be in the Hall of Fame, and I bet I bet they played their classic hits, didn't they?
2: They did, yeah. And I, my parents have always said the same thing; they can't believe they're not in the, the Hall of Fame. But yeah, they played their hits. They they only played for half hour, right? But you know, they got their hits in. And it's only I think two of the original members anymore. I know like right. Mark Farner, uh, the you know the original lead vocalist. He's not in it. Don Brewer, the drummer, is still in it. I'm trying to remember the guy who was actually singing. I'm I'm blinking on his name right now. Um, oh, Max Carl. He yeah he was the guy singing. I don't think he's an original. I mean obviously no. I, he's probably been around with them for a while, but they still sounded great. And they you know the the hits were still fun. Everyone in the crowd knew it. Hey, man, I don't know. It was just a blast. You know, those concerts where you're, like, outdoors.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
2: It just makes it that much cooler. I don't know what it is, but, you know, sitting outside and, you know, having a couple drinks and everyone standing up singing and, you know, and Seeger, I mean, I can't say it enough. I, I know I said it last time, but his music is just so cool. Like, I don't know what it is, but the words and, like, the stories behind his music, and he still sounds great. I mean, yeah. he's 74.
0: He has a great and, band, doesn't he?
2: I mean, right, he probably doesn't sound like he did in the 70s, of course. But like, Pretty close. I mean, i tell you what, man, I, I, you wouldn't know the difference because he puts on a hell of a show, and, man, it, it's so cool. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm very glad I got to see him again.
3: Yeah, it says, um, Dr. Dre, most of the songs on The Chronic were written by himself, but since then most of his songs have been ghostwritten by Eminem, Drake, Lil Wayne, and many others. Okay, so we're all right, right?
2: Yeah, So yeah, that's what I mean. Like he, The Chronic is
3: one of the biggest rap albums of all time. So fair enough all right touche i guess we're all right i don't know yeah that's good right three point podcast we all... <laughs> there
2: you, go. you
0: gotta like that we got anything else in entertainment news guys or do we do you want to move was, on
2: yeah real. i was gonna throw out the last show i don't know this might be like a generational thing i know for sure obviously jared knows about you know barstool uh dave portnoy and his like pizza reviews yep have you ever seen that stuff ted i have yep so i i like the show bar rescue a lot i like john john taffer like i've read his books i think he's He's really cool, but the show Bar Rescue, I really like that. Have mm-hmm. you seen that?
3: Bar Rescue is I've seen an it. awesome show. It's, it's on incredible. every Sunday so marathon. See that,
2: uh, Portnoy, he he did a he teamed up with Bar Rescue and they went to a pizza joint and they had, you know, the the Frankie and Portnoy go into the pizza restaurant and do the whole try out all the pizza. They ordered like 20 pizzas, <laughs> uh, ordered the whole menu basically and then Taffer went in and did the whole Bar Rescue thing.
3: I yeah, it, it. They're they're big time boys, like Taffer and All Barso pretty much and you can't name a better duo than Taffer and Portnoy. Yeah. Yeah, it it aired great.
2: last night. I didn't see it. Um I'm I'm definitely I'm gonna watch it at some point, you know, whatever, on demand or whatever. But I didn't know if you guys knew watched those shows, knew about it or whatever, but uh, I, I've seen a couple of clips, and it looks it looks awesome.
0: I'll look for that particular show. I I have seen Barstool or what's it called uh, Bar mm-hmm. Rescue. Bar Rescue. I've seen a a few episodes of it, but I'll look for that particular one for no, sure. Yeah, it's,
2: yeah. Um, it just aired last night, so I don't know. It might take a few days. Sundays, to get Sundays. But yep. I mean, Bar Rescue. It's yeah. I love, I like John Taffer a lot. It's one of those shows. It's it's the sh- same show every single time, mm-hmm. but like just the different characters and everything. It's, I don't know It's great It's entertaining Any
3: show that has Like something that's crappy And then they remodel it And make it sweet Is a great show it, Right
0: I'll give you that For sure I mean I've seen oh. enough Of those on HGTV With my wife Exactly
3: <laughs> yeah, Yep <laughs>
0: Alright uh, I don't think There's anything else we got to get On the table there In entertainment news I think we covered it all oh, I just got one question For Jared You've been poking me To watch Black Mirror Yeah And I've been putting it off Because of other things Tell me in a short story Why I need to watch it What's it all about
3: um, you are of an older generation. Uh-huh. What's your main complaint about people that are my age? Well,
0: uh, there's so many of them, I can't start with one.
3: Probably that we we're on technology too much. Okay. This show is basically <laughs> all about, it's like, uh, what? what's the show that you, like the 1940s, black and white, scary show, Twilight Zone. It's like the right, Twilight, Twilight Zone, Zone. Yep. but everything is kind of how technology is kind of ruining our lives. This is pretty much what it is. So are there, is
0: it like, a twist at the end of each episode, that type of thing. I mean, how I mean, it's just, dist-
3: all of them. their are their own movies, their you know? own little separate shows. Then, yeah. So that okay,
0: okay. And it's kind of like Twilight Zone oriented. It's just, I just wanted to get a feel for it before I check mm-hmm. it out. Is it something that Atlanta would like to?
3: I think so. I mean, okay. it's right up your guys' you know, murder mysteries alleys that you guys watch. So. <laughs> that's
0: right. All right. Well, I'll check it out then. I just wanted to get a little bit more info on that. All right. That's our edition of Entertainment tonight. We're going to move on into some sports. But before we do, I want to tell you about Card Service Michiana. They offer the best credit card setup and equipment for both new and existing merchants guaranteed to save you money. No contract, no monthly minimums or early termination fees. Call 574-238-1397 or give us a uh, tweet at 3 Pod for details. Also, the com. they know it's great to be gold. The spring sports season is wrapping up at Corona High, so keep up with the Cavs at coronaconnection.com
2: Alright guys, well the NBA playoffs are, uh, I don't know actually what you guys think, but the conference finals so far have been a little bit of a, a dud. The Warriors are just taking it to the trailblazers, but Aside from the actual, like, play on the court, I'm curious what you guys think. Did, you guys probably saw Damian Lillard came out and said that he's been playing with a separated rib. And, you know, legitimate injury. I've busted up my ribs a couple different times, two or three times had cracked ribs and other rib injuries. So that's a legitimate injury. I mean, it's, it's hard to breathe. It's hard to move, you know, everything. So I'm not knocking the injury. I'm sure, you know, he is in pain and it's a struggle. But he's also playing terribly. Uh, so I... I don't know what you guys think about stuff like this, but it kind of bugs me when athletes come out with these injuries weeks after they actually happen, or a week, or a few games actually after it actually happens. Like when I saw he came out with that, I was like, "Why are you coming out with this now?" Like, if you're going to tell us that you're hurt, tell us when it happened, and you know, so we know. Okay, Lillard is hurt. Let's see how the series goes. And now, it, like, it's almost like he came out with this because he's playing like trash, so he's just making an excuse and saying, yeah, we're down 3-0, I haven't been playing well, it's because I have a separated rib. It's like, then why are you playing through it? If you're not, if you're good enough to play, if you're playing through it, then you shouldn't be complaining about an injury. At this point, everyone's banged up. Everyone has sore ankles, sore knees, you know, whatever. So by coming out and saying you got a separated rib, I'm almost like, get over it, man, you're just playing terrible. It, like To the point where it's like, I wonder if, he was playing well, say maybe it was even still 3-0 Warriors or 2-1 Warriors, but Lillard was, like, going off, averaging 35-38, and he was doing everything he could. Do you think he would tell people that he was playing with a separated rib if he was, like, playing great? Because I, it just really bugs me when athletes, you know, like, after a loss, then all of a sudden, like, when LeBron comes out with a wrist wrist brace yeah, on him, like, was a, yeah, well, he's playing through a wrist injury. It's like – Man, what's the point? You played, and you played terribly. You know, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about
3: that? I, I wonder if he kept it under wraps because as soon as, you know, the opposing team, you got Draymond Green who loves to punch people in the balls. As, as soon as the other team <laughs> finds out that he's got a hurt rib, I mean, you're telling me that you're not, when he's going through screens and when he's running off of screens that you're not going to hit him in the ribs and maybe yeah, but him a
0: little bit? I, I agree with what you're saying there, but then you, you don't say it maybe before the series, but why would you say it when the series is still going on? I mean, the series you wait is it's over. It's over. The series is over. Well, sure, it's over. But is it an excuse, or you think it's a true thing, or what? what? I, I get Matt's point hundred percent. I, I do like, I do dislike hearing that kind of thing as a, kind of an excuse. You're not playing well. I think more than anything else for him. He's just wore out, man. He's he's about all they have on that team, and you know he's getting double teamed every time down court. I, I, he's not playing great, but I think he's still playing pretty decent. It's it's the Steph Curry.
3: That's what he does every single playoffs whenever he's not playing well. And I, we haven't heard it yet this year. You know, maybe if he doesn't play that well in the finals, <laughs> then we're going to start hearing about it. Yeah. But it, you know, I get what you're saying. Where maybe he should have he shouldn't be saying it. Maybe he shouldn't say it at all. Maybe he should have said it before the series. I don't know. I think it's I think this is probably exactly what happened. He planned on not saying anything because of why I said, uh, you know, worried about them pushing him in the ribs or whatever. And then he just was sick of getting questioned, why are you playing so bad? Why are you playing so bad? You're down 3-0. The series is over. And he just – you can't hold it in any longer. Yeah, well,
0: that's too bad because he's a professional, and, you know, you you should be able to hold it in at that point. I'd feel better if – let's say the series ends. You know, and I agree with what you're saying. He's getting asked questions, but you just got to bite your tongue and just answer, you know, that – well, I just got to play better. You know the canned answers. When the series is over, you lose four zip. It's not up to you to make the excuse. Maybe the coach can say, "Hey, you know what? He was playing with a bad rib. I got his back." Instead of him coming out himself, kind of making an excuse, it does, it's not a good take to me. It's all about controlling the narrative. Yep,
3: and no, that's is. exactly what he's doing. And so well, I, I, would bad do the, the same way thing. He's
0: Controlling it, though, don't you think? Why is it looking bad? Is it 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 may it puts the it puts the thought in people's mind, just like Matt said. He's making an excuse for playing shitty. Yeah.
3: When people look back on this, are they gonna? They're gonna say it's the same with like LeBron in the finals. Like he was hurt. That's the way I look back on it. Maybe I'm a LeBron fan. Maybe I'm biased. It's funny, you
0: never heard much about that after that.
2: You, you just heard Guess that what? one. Day, 10 years, of one 10 day of years, news
3: in ten years when you look back on it, it's gonna be that he had a broken hand the entire finals. <laughs> when ten so years well, when you look back the, on Damian Lillard, the the it's gonna finals, be broken uh,
2: ribs. The Cavs did win over the Warriors when Curry had a bum ankle the whole time. So does that not really count because Curry was hurt that whole series?
3: Well, when it's every single year and every year you play bad in the playoffs, that doesn't count. And that's what Steph Curry does. Steph Curry's always hurt. When it's LeBron or Damian Lillard who are known for being durable – Then it makes me makes my eyes pop up a little bit more. So
0: I I I know we kicked this around before, Jared. I'm not. Why are you such a Curry hater? He's he's one of the greatest players, one of the greatest shooters ever. I mean, you just don't like his antics. Is that what it is?
3: Dancing after every three makes you know shooting a three, staring at the opposing bench before it goes in. But you're whipping mouth guards at
0: fans. Your man uh, LeBron never did any of that styling type of stuff.
3: (laughs) Not nearly as much, and he is. A much better player than Steph Curry ever was or and will be. Whoa,
0: Whoa. much better,
3: huh? Yeah, much better. Oh,
0: wow. That's not
3: that hot. It's not that hot of a take. Steph Curry's not even the best player on his team. It's arguable, don't you
0: think? Steph Curry's a a first-team Hall of Famer. So, so the funny
2: funny thing about that, and I could find the records real quick, but I I just saw earlier today when the Warriors play with Curry without Durant, they're like thirty-nine and one or something like that. When the Warriors play with Durant and not Curry, they're like 28-14 and 14 or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, obviously Durant is – most people do see him as maybe the best player in the NBA, second best player in the NBA. But, like, clearly Steph Curry is way more important to the Warriors than Kevin Durant. Yeah, Ke- Kevin they're walk- Durant. They're walking through the Western Conference Finals without Durant.
3: I mean, Kevin Durant, he's a luxury. He's not a necessity. But, I mean, when you have leaders like Draymond Green – and Andre Iguodala who were just like you people you forget about him and Jermaine Green's kind of had a resurgence you know with the whole mic'd up where he was talking to um, Jordan Bell after he missed a dunk and you know kind of church like talking him up saying hey we all miss shots which which I loved I do wonder sometimes if when people are mic'd up if they kind of Church it up a little bit. They do. I don't think he does. I think he's genuine, but I think people do a lot.
0: They do, and I but it's not just because of that, because uh Draymond Green is playing absolutely lights out basketball right now, and how important is he to that team? I mean, I think you just brought it up. Him and him and Iggy, I mean, they're just they're key cogs in that team. And I know we're gonna be checking in with Jack Strapton. I had talked to him earlier today, and he has a take on the NBA. And you know, one of the best things we're seeing right now is and we talked about it last week is is the way that Golden State plays as a team and Draymond Green is a huge part of that. It's amazing to me to see how his game has evolved from in high school. I mean basically he was a post up player in high school.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Even,
0: even at Michigan State a little bit, but his ball handling and the way he gets up and down the court and the way he plays defense and and just watch Golden State play defense. I don't know if I've ever seen an NBA team the immediate switches that they make time and time down the court I mean it's just like a machine and you got to give some of that credit to Kerr
2: yeah it's incredible and I, I think we talked about it before and like they always have even if it is like Looney maybe like this team Bogut would probably be the guy maybe not but like most of the time all five guys on the floor can cover every position I mean obviously you might not want Curry like if they were playing, like, the Sixers with Embiid, you wouldn't want Curry, Garden, and Embiid. But, like, you know, for the most part, they can switch everything because, yeah, all five guys on their team can cover every position, at least for one possession. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's incredible to watch. And, yeah, Draymond, I mean, you know, people hate him, at, whether it's the Michigan State thing or just because he's mouthy, whiny, you know, flops, whatever. Jared says he punches guys in the nuts all the time. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. But, man, I, I think every team in the NBA would love to have a Draymond Green on their team. Mm.
3: Did you guys see, like, why he's starting to play and he's not complaining about the refs anymore, why he's starting to play better? Listen to the story from ESPN. I saw that. I loved it. He he says, uh, yeah, so he's talking about his son. He said, yeah, he plays on his little hoop and then he'll stomp around. It's It's like the intensity, but slow down, young fella. Or he said, I like the intensity, but slow down, young fella. Green told reporters on Sunday, I understand how impressionable the kids are at the ages they're at. I just really want to be a good example for them and show them the right thing. My son was playing, he was shooting and flopping. I was like, you've got to stop watching the NBA. <laughs> this story, I think what actually happened is that his son, you know when kids like kick their dads in the balls, <laughs> and he probably said something like, "Oh well, that's what you do, Dad. And I think that's what actually happened.
1: Could know? be.
2: <laughs> yeah, he, he said something like his mom has, and his mom and his fiance have also like had talks with him. about um, representing himself better on the court and stuff like that. So whether there's something to it, whether it's just a temporary thing or whatever, but he's definitely playing different and playing really well. So, you know, maybe he did finally uh, take a look at himself in the mirror and say, hey, i got to change myself up a little bit. But Seth Curry, you know, Steph's brother did say that, I don't know if he was just trying to take a shot or whatever, but he said that the Warriors are more difficult to defend without Durant than they are without Curry. Basically saying like when Durant's not on the floor, they're more difficult to defend because you got Curry running around, you got Clay running around, all that. But when Durant's on the floor, a lot of times, you know, as incredible as he is, you know, he gets the ball and just it's iso ball. Yep. So it, it's interesting to think about.
3: Yeah, I, I would say they're definitely more fun to watch without Durant. But I mean, you can't. I get what Seth Curry's saying, but it's like, I mean, it's Kevin Durant. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not. They're not. Easier to defend without Kevin Durant. It just, it just but
0: it, it is a sense. different style of basketball. I mean, it's kind of like what we see with James Harden in Houston. You know, I'm not throwing that in your face to throw the name out there, but Durant and, and – and...
3: No, go, go ahead and
2: throw
1: it in
0: <laughs> But they play similar basketball. It's it's one-on-one, you know, back yourself in, step back for the jumper. It's, it's not moving the ball around like they do without him in the lineup, and it's just a different game, you know.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, obviously we've, we've all kind of said that series is over, but yep. the Raptors finally got one in Toronto to make it – still 2-1 Milwaukee I mean when I watch those games I haven't watched them from start to finish I always I've just been checking in and out but Kawhi looks gassed I mean as well oh, as yeah. he played last night but like you know going seven games the previous series playing I don't think he's like sat out at all this mm-hmm. series so far Like, do you think he's going to have enough in the tank to beat the Bucks, or do you think the Bucks will eventually pull it out
3: well I mean he, he was guarding Giannis all game and he he has to do basically everything on the offensive end for the Raptors as well. I mean, he played he did incredible on Giannis. I mean, he only had 12 points and he had like eight turnovers and yet they still took two overtimes to beat the Bucs. Like yeah. Giannis is never going to play that poorly again. The rest Giannis, of the series, rest of the season probably.
0: And as poorly as he played offensively. What he had like 23 24 rebounds in that game. Yeah. So he still played pretty solid. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that that was that was a must win for Toronto without a doubt. And and I I get your point, Matt, cuz Leonard is probably getting worn down, but uh We'll see what happens he if just, they can win this next game in Toronto. We, we got ourselves a season. Leonard just
3: has balls. He does. He does. He's just not. He's a tough player. He's not going to lose like that game. A must-win game. He's not going to lose. It. Like
0: I said before, man. He's he's a lot better than I really thought he was when he was with San Antonio. I mean, the guy can play.
3: Now I will say that uh, we did shut it off at nine o'clock uh, for Game of Thrones. Yeah. I did too. We did. We, but I recorded did you it. D- you did DVR it. I DVR'd
0: it, and I'm glad I did because it went double overtime. <laughs> it did. It was it was
3: a boring double overtime though. Yeah, come, is what it was. What was my complaint. With to tell you the it.
0: truth, I watched it. and Matt, you said you check into the games, even even though I recorded it, I I took it down to the final minute and a half of regulation. watched that. Took it down to the final minute of first overtime. watched oh that, and then took it down to the last minute of the second overtime. watched that.
3: Nothing you're, wrong with that. That's, that's how I did it. But. You're like uh, Click, like in the movie Click. You're just like, you, you don't even like enjoy the sport anymore. You just watch. Oh, like, no, I enjoyed you it. Sk- you start skipping through like everything. And let's face it. You carried pa- away. The
0: best part is the last minute of the game in overtime,
3: right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It is. Also, Click, underrated movie. <laughs> I like Click, too. Was that Will Smith? No, Adam Sandler. Uh, oh, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler, Sandler yeah. Right. Did you see that Gucci Mane and Drake were in attendance? The two rappers. Oh, Drake. Drake's the new Spike Lee, isn't he? Yeah, he is from the Toronto to Raptors. Yeah, and then Gucci Mane. For some reason, I don't Gucci know Mane who that is. He was a box fan, but I'm pretty sure he's from Atlanta. So yeah.
0: How do you guys like the nicknames? Fear the deer. I love that. Yeah, that's cool. What's the other one? Something up north or something. We the north. We the north. We defend, the the north.
3: defend the north and yeah, we the north. Man, fear, we, fear the deer much better.
2: I don't know what the Blazers is. I don't think
1: they even have one. Rip So,
3: do you guys just see this? Is what do you see? This maybe six games for the Bucks, and then they're going to win it. Do you see? Is are the Raptors done? I I took Toronto before the series
0: began. I'll just stick with it. I I'm probably completely silly, but I I think Toronto might be able to steal another one on the road in Milwaukee, hold home court. We'll see.
2: Yeah, I just I. I mean, as it's good as Kawhi is, I do feel tough. like man, he has to do everything. Like you said, Jared, not only on the offensive end, but he's got to guard Giannis the whole time too. So I just feel like that's going to catch up with him eventually. But
0: isn't there anybody else that can guard Giannis and save him for more on the offensive side? I mean, side?
3: Siakam, I guess, could, but it's. I mean, it's, it's Giannis.
2: Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe they would
3: try Ibaka. He's pretty tough. But. Kawhi Leonard is just—he's a robot. He he's, can do it. He's good. Yeah. Pull double duty.
2: You guys obviously saw that the Lakers hired Frank Vogel. And yeah. Um, you know, a bit of an underwhelming hire by Rob Polinka. But the thing that we've got to talk about with the name Rob Polinka is, Ted, you tweeted out today some old Gus Macker photos, <laughs> and we talked about Gus Macker on this. So I've got – there's kind of a two-part question to this. All right. We'll go the one to Jared first, and then we'll go to you, Ted. All right. So we talked about Gus Macker before in this pod. I, I love Gus Macker. I've played in a bunch of them. I think it's so cool. I haven't played in a while. But – um I think Gus Macker is awesome, but I feel like Jared. You said before that, like, you kind of laughed at us and said that like Gus Mackers are, I don't know, a little played out. So, like, my question to you, Jared, is like, your generation are just not just Gus Macker, but like three on three tournaments. Like when I was growing up, three on three tournaments were awesome. I played in a bunch of them, but like, is that not really a thing anymore? And then the main question is, Ted, you got to play against. Rafalinka and Gus Macker, like what? You got to tell us a story with that.
0: All right, I'll fill you in on the story. Let Jared answer first.
3: So three on threes, they're not as big of a thing anymore. I have a couple buddies that have played in a three on three. I know that like Carson Vincent from Ovid LCE is having a sure. memorial three on three tournament. It sounds like here. they got a lot of lot of teams, a lot of teams signed teams. up for that, which so is, that, is awesome. That, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, if I want to play in that, and I'm on the fence about it. I might. It's it's for a good cause. I just never understood paying to play basketball. That's something I've never really understood. Like, I can play pickup basketball in my driveway, and I do. Why am I going to pay 50 bucks for this tournament
0: to go play? Yeah, that's a younger generation thing. I mean, even in back when I was playing sports, I mean, if you were going to play in a softball tournament on a weekend, right? Mm-hmm. It costs money to put these things on. There's a, there's a fee involved. So we would pay entry fees to play in softball tournaments, and fortunately for the Gus Macker, we didn't have to pay. I'll tell you about that when I get into the Plinka talk, but... It's just like anything else. There's a cost involved to administer the tournament, so that's why you have to pay. It's not a big fee, though, is it?
3: Th- it was is it like, like ten f- bucks a piece bu- or fifty bucks something? or something like that. But in softball, I understand because you can't really just have a pickup softball game, right? You know, I've never really understood why it's like softball that guys play. Like, why not just play baseball? Um, probably because <laughs> no can, it's a lot easier. No one can throw baseball, <laughs> right? Everybody can play slow pitch. It softball. blows my mind. Right. The people with the biggest balls in the world are softball pitchers. Slow pitch, softball pitchers. <laughs> that makes zero sense to me. I would never do that. But, no, my my last three-on-three tournament, I played in Vernon three-on-three tournament. Probably fifth grade. Fourth grade, maybe. And I remember the opposing team had a girl. Uh-huh. But the girl was probably like, she was like Yao Ming compared to she us. She was tall. And it, we were at the age where it's like, basically, you're shooting layups. So, right. we ended up losing. And I remember for like... Probably a year. That's all I would hear from my brothers is that I lost <laughs> to a girl, like, in a basketball game. But it still, like, wasn't fair. She was just so much taller than us that it was, right. you know. But that's my three-on-three story. All right. Lost to a girl. Now, you my never,
2: never played in Kerwood? Because, I, like, I played in Kerwood every year for a long time. You never played in that?
3: I think it, it went out of style it went out of popular I don't think they had it anymore by the time I would have been that was a, old that, enough to play in it. that
0: was a testosterone challenge in those days too wasn't it Matt? I mean you'd have kids oh, yeah. from Owasso and Durand and you know who's the better bunch I mean that it, those games used to get so intense
3: That is what's weird that's what's kind of turned me off I've said it to people numerous times I've retired from basketball because mm-hmm. I go up to Grand Valley's campus and I used to play in the pickup games there and it's like you, you you're you're in your downtime. Like I'll be w- working out or something at at the rec center, and guys are in there doing like Steph Curry like ball handling drills. <laughs> like they're not on the team. This is them like practicing up for the Thursday night you know run. It, it, like that that's the taking IM. way too far. And that's the, the who you play with. That right. these Gus Mackers and everything. It's like dude. Your high school guys might not have been as good as you thought they were going to be. Like, you're not proving anything to anyone winning this going hard, like scoring a million points to this Gus Macker tournament. Well, I'll tell I, you- would,
2: I would play pickup at the rec center at Grand Valley, me and my buddies, for hours. So you're hours. probably one of these we guys. We would go up there almost every night and play for two or three hours straight. Loved it.
3: Yeah. Were you ever doing Steph Curry ball handling drills?
2: I would go up there sometimes. Like, if I didn't have class in the morning or something, I would go up there in the morning when there Shoot? was, like, no one there and just, like, Get shots
3: up. Yep. You have ruined basketball for me. So, okay. So there's that.
0: <laughs> well, to tell you about the uh, Gus Macker experiences I've had, uh, you know, played in a lot of Gus Macker tournaments, took home a lot of hardware. Uh, we always were able to get in the media division, Matt. We weren't in the top division playing against Polinka. Polinka was signed up for another media group. Might have been the Grand Rapids Press. But this was right after he got out of out of Michigan. And they had a stud team. He had some other players on his team that were pretty good. We, we had a good Macker team. I mean, from the photos I posted, we had uh, uh, Mike Valasek was on the team. Jared's father was uh, on the team. Chris McMillan, my good buddy who just recently passed, he was on the team. Phil Anise was on our squad a couple times. So we we, we put together a pretty good squad, especially in the media division. So we, we were pretty successful. But playing against Palenka, it was pretty neat. If, if anybody out there wants to see it on Twitter, it's at, Z, at Z92.5 Sports Guy, or you, you posted it on our site too didn't you matt yeah yep what was amazing about playing at belding because that was the headquarters and that was the like the granddaddy gus macker tournament we had quite a crowd surrounding our court to watch that game and it got quite vocal and intense i think they ended up beating us we finished second that year to his team but we gave him a hell
1: of a battle
2: well i gotta ask yeah from the picture you can tell i mean the crowd is like right on the court basically so that that's what also makes those three on three tournaments cool is I mean, you got people, like I said, basically right on the court cheering or whatever, heckling you. But, I mean, you play against a guy. I mean, Rob Polinka, he got overshadowed a little bit because of the Fab Five came in.
1: He
0: was a good player.
2: But he was a legit player. Like, so, I mean, could you even cover him? I mean, how how was it playing against him?
0: Well, fortunately, I didn't match up against him. I was covering somebody else for the most part. But, uh, you know, he was only, what, six? He was probably 6'2, I think, 6'2 or 6'3. So, you know, we had a different guy match up against him. But, uh, as far as our teams together, we're pretty well equally matched. I mean, he was a stud. We, like I said, Mike Valasek, tremendous basketball player back in the day. He could hold his own with pretty much anybody you know in in our age group at that time. What I remember about Gus Macker, you know, a lot of people out there don't realize it. It's a three. It was the premier three on three tournament, really nationwide, and it started. Okay, a guy named Scott McNeil, he's about my age, started in Duran, Michigan. He graduated from Duran about the same time I graduated from Crun. He started in his driveway, and it grew, you know, it was just a, a, a bunch of friends, started it, and it expanded from there, and it, that became his business. I mean, I, he probably became a millionaire from running Gus Macker
3: tournaments. What, what is the name Gus Macker? Any, any idea what That, that was is? his nickname. His name's oh. Scott
0: McNeil, and they just, somehow the nickname came up, you know, Gus that he Macker. was Gus Macker. <laughs>
3: That's it's that simple. It is a cool event. I mean, you watch like White Man Can't Jump, like the three on three tournament. Very similar. In there. Yeah. I don't know. I, it just, was it's fun. Just, it's the never. Day. It's just, for some reason it just went out of style. I'm not yeah. sure why that is.
0: So sometimes they run their course, and really in the heyday when w- the pictures I posted, even though they were black and white, I think it was because John was working in the uh, in the media at that time, and they were taking black and white pictures for the f- newspaper. But uh, that really was the heyday in the uh, you know late 80s. In the, throughout the 90s, Gus Magger was really popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So yeah, the one that I played in a lot, I played in a few different ones, but we've, we probably talked about this before. But I played in the one up in Ludington
1: mm-hmm. that has
2: gotten really big. And it's awesome because they put the courts, there's two roads, but so the main courts are right on the road that's along the beach, along Lake Michigan. That's awesome. So you're playing ball, and then the second one is like the road kind of parallel to that. So you're like just off the beach. But that main road with the courts and you're playing i mean there's like kind of sometimes sand blowing on the court because you're right on the beach basically lake michigan right there so i mean it's just it's the coolest view and you got you know when you're younger you know we used to go there all the time when we were in college and yeah like girls walking all over in their bathing suits and like hanging out because they're in college you know partying for the weekend too and you know you're getting to play some ball and I'll be honest. Most of the time, we were playing hungover, so uh, you know. But it, it's like, man, it, it was the coolest time, and it's a shame that it's kind of with with the younger crowd, kind of it is off yeah. a little bit because it's a fun time,
0: especially those up north up north locations. You're right. We played a lot of tournaments up in Gaylord, same kind of yeah. thing. But I could just imagine it, Ludington, if you know, playing in the mid mid summer, sweaty as hell. You get done playing, just go dive in the lake to cool off.
2: Yep, go dive in the lake and then hang out until your next game. Yep. And yeah, man, it was it was a fun time. Man.
0: Ah, the good old days.
2: Yeah. All
0: right, anything else we want to talk about boys and basketball in general?
3: Okay. So, as you guys as you guys know, I was complaining last week about how Michigan wants kind of the best of both worlds with a clean program and a winning program. And I just saw this message from a Detroit free press article and I just thought it was unbelievably dumb so it says for many u of m alumni and for much of the school's basketball community including many former players the best part of john beeline's tenure was that it afforded restful nights huh it, i don't know about you guys <laughs> this year i didn't have very many i can remember three three, three specific for sure. nights that i did not sleep well yeah at nightmares. all that i had nightmares, nightmares.
1: <laughs> so
3: i don't know what this this detroit free press article was talking about
1: <laughs>
3: but my take on the coaching search Juwan howard i do not want whatsoever Anyone but Jawan Howard. No Jawan Howard. He might be able to recruit. I can see Jalen Rose's pitch, and everyone keeps talking about this Jalen Rose pitch that he had on uh, first take and get up. It's his boy. I mean, what do you For expect? Sure. It, he's gonna he's gonna support him and give him an all all time sales pitch. So are
0: you that adamant against him be- without giving not. him a chance? No, I okay. do not want Jawan right.
3: Howard. Not not at all. I understand Rumors he's are... got
0: a nephew that's a five star recruit.
3: Like I said, he's gonna be able to recruit. <laughs> I don't I don't doubt that. Yeah. But I, just, I don't see how it's going to pan out with him being a successful coach. I,
2: and my thing with Juwan Howard, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, we don't – literally do not know how good of a coach he'll be because he's only been an assistant in the NBA. So we have no idea how he'll be as a head coach. But people always say that, oh, he's going to be able to recruit. You know he's going to be able to recruit. He's going to be – like – and I wonder, why are you so sure about that? Because people are like, well, he played on the Fab Five. I don't do kids – 16 16-year-olds even know what the Fab Five is anymore? Like, that's 30 years ago. Like, yeah, they might think it's cool. They know, like, know the lore of the Fab Five, but, like, does that really have any weight? You know, if if they've got John Calipari or, you know, Mike Krzyzewski, whoever, saying, come play for me, and then you got John Howard saying, I played for the Fab Five, like, does that really have that much pull to it? You know, so, like, I, I don't point. know if he's really that great of a recruiter, maybe for his nephew, but I do think if he got hired – and it, it's not like I don't think he would go, like, dirty and start paying. I'm not saying that. I think the program may change in that he might land those, like, more one-and-done type of guys. You know, like Beeline had a couple now, especially if Iggy does actually, actually leave. But, well, actually, Iggy would would be his only one for Beeline at Michigan. But I feel like Jawan, if he was a good recruiter, like people are saying, would maybe land some of those five-star one-and-dones.
3: Mm-hmm. I think that – he will be a good recruiter out the gates, but if you're not winning games, those recruits aren't going to keep coming. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, that and too. and just because you get recruits doesn't mean that you're going to be successful. I mean, we saw that a lot, like at Indiana with Tom Crean. You know, they had some good teams there, but he had a, kind of a dry spell, even with good recruits. And to change it to maybe a more happier version of this, Billy Donovan rumors are f- swirling. Oh, they
0: are. They are swirling. That now all of a sudden he has an interest because
3: he, he, he supposedly didn't. was in a German restaurant in Ann Arbor. Uh, but it was completely false. So that <laughs> had my hopes up for a couple days there. K- people kept telling me that when I was at school and all these other places at work. Uh, I looked it up earlier today. It's completely false. He was not there. So, uh, so but that doesn't mean speaking into existence is what I'm going to say about that. Billy Donovan is almost a shoo-in for this job. He was may or may not have been spotted in Ann Arbor.
0: You're talking it into existence. Talking so it into existence. He's right. coming.
3: All right. Well, we'll see. He's your top choice, obviously. Oh,
0: 100%. 100%. Well, he has won two national championships. NBA I think he's experience. the best coach
3: of the last twenty years in college basketball. How could you argue it? Two national championships. His last year coaching, he went to the Final Four again in Florida, and that's at Florida.
0: Well, let's see if you can talk it into it because I, I haven't heard any of the big time names we kicked around. We're recording this on Monday night. I'm hearing a lot of the assistants. I heard Providence's head coach is coming in for an interview. Oh, no. uh,
2: yeah, Ed Cooley.
0: Yeah, what are oh, you? No. Are you hearing anything else, Matt, with your sources?
2: I mean, not not anything different than probably what you guys are. Ed Cooley. Yeah, I heard yeah. You still Shaka kind of Smart. Front, and Shaka Smart, a yeah. lot of people are talking. He's I, the a, only thing he's is, I don't,
3: would that be bad? Huh. Hey, I'm okay with it. I, it would have been. I would have been through the roof excited five years ago, right. but he hasn't done anything he, in Texas. That's another guy that's getting recruits and not doing anything right. with it. Yeah, so I don't I, know. He,
2: to me, I, don't, I definitely don't think he would be like, better than Beeline. I think he would be, like, yeah, just be solid. The one thing that would bug me, I did see Yaklich was interviewing for the same position basically whatever defensive coordinator for Shaka Smart at Texas. Man, if we somehow like hire this Ed Cooley dude and Yaklich goes to Texas, I think that <laughs> that has the potential to be like a complete train wreck. Well,
3: that yeah, that was the link. I'm pretty sure Yaklich is from a Texas high school and that's I think they're boys, Shaka Smart and Yaklich, so Yeah. I bet you I bet you lock, if we do not bring Shaka Smart in, Yaklich is gone. I, I I bet you can pretty much that's hundred percent. Are you still no, like
2: that that maybe would be one thing. Yeah, like I, I I've been saying I'm not a fan. I, I wouldn't be a fan of Shaka Smart, but actually, you know, like at least he has experience. He was good at VCU. Um, it's not like Texas is like a powerhouse college basketball program. So like I think they've been Rick Barnes got him to one final four, so it's not like it's not like they're like Duke, you know. So I mean the fact that he hasn't had success there, maybe it's not that big of a deal. So at least Smart would bring in some experience. And if that keeps Yaklich around too,
3: it might not be all bad.
2: Maybe it might not be that that bad. Yeah.
3: People forget that he used to do the charge drill with his team. That was like his big thing. Like through that final four run, seems like every game they would show a clip of him practice before where they would he would take a charge and the team would just go crazy for it. <laughs> so that's cool. So we could have those videos for Michigan. Yeah. And he's still a they younger mean, guy. That is too, one right? of my
2: favorite games of the Trey Burke run with Michigan. When they played VCU, and that's when VCU was like kind of the up and coming. of Smart, the havoc defense, and Trey Burke and those guys just like
3: torched. Yeah. You, you them can't. You're defense. not gonna be able to press Trey Burke. I loved it when people were picking against uh, Michigan in that game. You're not gonna be able to press the havoc defense. Isn't gonna work against Trey Burke. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He was fun to watch, without a doubt. All right, well, we'll see. We'll see who Michigan gets. Hopefully it's a solid coach and they can keep the program going. I am a little worried about it because Beeline had them so set well. You know, even though this year, like I've always said, very good, not great, but still 30 wins maybe when we look back at the whole Beeline thing and look at these last two years, we're going, man, sure could use that year back. Yeah, Yeah. For sure. All right. Before we move on to the next topic, boys, as we are rolling along, I want to tell our fans out there any sporting events, stop into Rivals Tap House and Grill. That's the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Uh, they have 21 high def flat screen TVs, a huge 10 foot screen, and awesome food and drink. That's Rivals Tap House Grill in Corona. Also, check out Sheridan Service.com for info on upcoming auctions. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has been in the professional auction business for over 30 years and has literally sold hundreds of millions of dollars' worth of real estate and equipment. And also, Advanced Elevator Company, they feature top-of-the-line field technicians for installation, troubleshooting service, and repair of elevators, an area business leader and longtime supporter of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator Salutes. The Cavalier track teams, who recently won the team regionals, Hannah Hollister won three events, and Ben Jacobs came to work that day. Wow, I can't believe it! But it must be nice to be young and in shape. He won the 800, the 1600, and 3200 meter races in the regional. That's that's pretty impressive, don't you think, guys?
3: It is, but I just I love the sprinting events. <laughs> I think it's just more impressive when it's a sprinter that does something like that.
0: By the way, we're talking about Chrono Sports. I gotta mention this: my good buddy Chris McMillan, who uh, was a long time. My longtime friend for sure, but also a longtime Chrono Cavalier broadcaster with me passed away uh, this last week of ALS. He gave a good battle. But uh, it just took over. You know, ALS is one of those diseases that it's just a kiss of death. And, you know, Mm -hmm. there's nothing they can do. There's no cure for it. And just a tough way to see him go. But I wanted to lighten up the mood a little bit, Jared, because I know one of the memories I have of of dealing with Chris. He he sometimes was uh, a little impatient, sometimes had a little temper. But I remember going over to his house on a Saturday night and he says, damn it, last night. Our doorbell kept ringing, and I'd run out the door, and apparently somebody was doing the ding-dong dash. And I, he says, he ran out the door and says,
3: I know it's you Fatell boys. Yeah, I think I've, he said, uh, "He said, I know it's you Fatell boys. Like, you guys, like, this is my brothers. And he said, like, I know it's you Fatell boys. You guys sure are fast, but, like, you sure doesn't, like, translate to the football field or something like that. Because that was back when they were winning, like, two or three games a year.
0: But, uh, you know, Chris will be missed for sure, and, you know, it's just starting to sink in. I know, Matt, I, I gave you uh, some of the game recordings that we did back in the day, and, and Chris, he man, he was a true Cavalier. There was no sugarcoat in his love for Corona sports.
2: No, he was a great color man for you, so uh, that I know that's probably hitting you kind of hard, so sorry to hear about that, but, you know, probably better, I don't know, some – in it that he's the struggle is over maybe some people can look at it that way yeah
0: no perfectly said because it certainly was a struggle especially the last year or so so it's it's a tough way to go but the suffering's over thank god oh speaking of suffering i think we might have to check in next with jack strap he's coming up with his hot take yeah let's listen to jack strap coming to us tonight from leisure
4: lake Matt, Fred, Jerry, hey, it's been a busy, busy time here in our household as we recently moved out to Leisure Lake, so we're going to live there in the summer, and we're going to winter down in Alabama with my sister-in-law, Judy, which... Well, I'm gonna have fun until we get to winter anyway, and then I gotta move in with Judge Judy. But that's another story for another day. Hey guys, I'd like to jump right in with a couple hot takes. I've mentioned several times that I love women's basketball. Love it. Therefore I'm completely fine watching a basketball game filled with boring, precise ball movements, not boring to me. Backdoor cuts, pretty passes, pretty women and no dunks. No question, the NBA has the greatest array of basketball talent in the world, and yes, I love to watch ferocious dunks as much as the next guy. For the record, my favorite type of dung is a powerful slam that was uh, delivered with a beautiful assist. Where am I going with all this? I don't know. What do I know? Well, I'll tell you what I know. The Golden State Warriors are great with Kevin Durant, but they play great as a team without him. Ah, Young whippersnappers like you, Jerry, probably enjoy seeing Kevin Durant, LeBron James, or your lover James Harden in isolation as they display their incredible repertoire of shot-making abilities, perhaps finishing the play with a thunderous dunk. Plain and simple, guys. I'm old school. I'm also very old. But basketball is a team game. When all five players are involved, not just one, every player remains sharp. There is no standing around waiting for the superstar like Durant to beat his man one-on-one. With Durant injured, we're watching the old Warriors with the Splash Brothers ripping the heart out of the defense and displaying excellent ball movement. I, for one, love it! I also love the energy that Draymond Green is providing, not to mention his uncanny ability to find his teammates with a perfect pass as he draws help defenders to himself. It's an absolute thing of beauty. We're watching the team version of a Picasso painting, like that one with the dogs playing cards. I'd be remiss not to mention that Pride is also playing a role here, guys, in their recent success. Come on. With the Draymond Green drama we had earlier this season, uh, you know, they have extra motivation to prove to KD that they were champions before he came, and they could be champions this year if he stays on the injured list. But we all know he's going to go to the New York Knickerbockers this offseason. And by the way, for all you NBA conspiracy advocates out there, the recent Pelicans lucky draft lottery, earning the right to take Zion Williamson, proves that the fix is not in otherwise chicago new york or a big market like la would have received the coveted number one pick finally what is happening to our beloved big 10 conference what happened to the days of identifying big 10 powerhouses by simply stating the legendary football coaches' names joe paterno duffy doherty Michigan State, Woody Hayes, Ohio State. Come on, guys. It's it's legendary. Nowadays, when we think of these universities, we think of J- Jerry Sandusky and Larry Nassar. And now, Ohio State's Dr. Feelgood. What in the hell is happening, folks? What's next? John Wayne Gacy's Northwestern Wildcats? Or hey, remember the glory days with Wisconsin Badger, All-American Jeffrey Dahmer, who uh, ate the hearts out of people or brains or whatever he liked to eat? It was disgusting. Ohio State's Dr. Feelgood is the most recent Big Ten pervert to be uncovered. He allegedly loved oogling at prized athletes while offering to lubricate their collective Buckeyes. What's more shocking, fellas, that he took advantage of these young men or that they allowed it? My goodness, back in the day, I used to be freaked out having hernia checkups. I wouldn't allow Dr. Strange's glove to ignite my rocket. As soon as he touched me with one hand and some lotion, I would have given the buckeye a black eye along with two sore buckeyes from a stiff right kick. Oh, my goodness, the Big Ten slogan is dream big. But with these type of stories, if they continue to come out, dream big is going to turn into one big nightmare. i got to go. Uh, I'll tell
0: you guys, you know, we talked about the NBA earlier, and I agree 100% with Jack on this one. The NBA, to watch it, is so much better when, when you have a team like we talked about with Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors playing more of a team-oriented game than the one-on-one stuff. I think you guys probably agree with that, right? Mm-hmm.
3: And just Leisure Lake, just an all-time vacation spot. Just that that sounds like one hell of a summer for Jack.
2: I mean, why would you go to Myrtle Beach or go out to LA? Got Leisure Lake right in your backyard.
0: Can't beat Leisure Lake, that's for sure. That's
2: right. It's on a golf
3: course too, isn't it? Well, no, they're
0: in competition with Holiday Meadows. (laughs)
3: Leisure Lake. That sounds like that should be like the name of like a Myrtle Beach or something. That's a great name. It's a great actually,
2: like Leisure Lake. It sounds like an old '70s, like the setting of a, a horror
1: movie.
0: You know, it's yeah. funny, Matt. I think that's when it. I think that's when they started. It, it was in the '70s. It used to be a gravel pit. And uh, the owners of the gravel pit can converted into a kind of a recreational little lake. They, don't, they I don't think they can have motors on it. You can fish, but uh, it's kind of a neat setting.
3: Nice. It's not quite Lake Manitoba. I- it's perfect for Jack.
0: That's right. Jack and Jackie and Jake. I, I, I guess it's okay for Jake. I, I assume he's hanging out there too. All right, guys, uh, I think we've taken care of business. Anything else you want to get on the table before we wrap this up?
2: Well, I, I got to ask Jared uh, because the Preakness happened a few days ago. I texted Jared as I don't know ten minutes before post time, and I I was just busy, forgot to you know place a bet, so I wasn't able to place a bet. But some uh, curious how it went.
1: Uh, I am ice Day cold. War of
2: will.
3: I am so ice cold. It's unbelievable. Fifty dollars just down the drain. I I the thing is, I had War of Will like in my mind earlier in the week. I was, I was like, think hey, that's a hell of a story. If he you know kind of got screwed in the in the Kentucky Derby, if we remember, that was the horse that Maximum Security. Almost like killed, basically we could say. Yeah, and he and I thought like, man, this would be one hell of a story if he comes back and wins. And I, I thought, you know, I'm okay if I lose. I'm rooting for him. Just kind of completely forgot about it. Just just scrapped it later in the week. Just placed a bet, and then as soon as I placed the bet on Always Mining, who was at eight to one and improbable, who was about Bob Baffert horse at five to two, I said I completely forgot about War of Will, and I just knew he was going to wire to wire. He went basically wire to wire on the inside lane right right against the rail and the thing that blew me away was just the other horse's strategy they would get ahead of him and not go to the inside lane you know what i mean it seems like yeah. that's exactly what you would want to do and they just didn't do it they, they let him just stay behind and stay right on the rail and just run the entire race unfazed it was un, unbelievable and i was very upset with it
2: so were you guys wondering the same thing i was when that horse like took off after you know kicking his jockey off I was wondering, can a horse win without a jockey?
0: I was wondering that too, but I don't think so.
2: I was yeah, wondering. I, I did end up looking it up. They can't, right? But I get the rules. You know, there's rules or whatever. But like, if a horse won the race without a jockey, I feel like you got to give it to him. I right? would,
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> that was Bot Express. He stole the show. He did. He had some heart. I tell you what, he had some heart. I was my. What I thought of was like, why do we even have jockeys? Why not just let them
0: run? Like the Greyhounds?
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not just let them run? <laughs> like, I mean, it seems like it's just unnecessary danger where if a jockey falls off and gets trampled or something. I
0: don't know. Well, at least the jockeys, I think, control them somewhat if they're running on their own. I that mean, that was the thing nasty. about Bot
3: Express. It was like
0: 10, 10 yards go away from every other place. horse.
3: Jumping up into the stands.
0: In fact, didn't Bot Express go for a second lap, too, before they finally yeah. corralled him? How do they get so spooked?
3: I don't they, know. Haven't they been going in and out of that... that The gates? The the gates all week? Like, how is it that these horses just shit their pants? I don't know. Like, right when the lights are on?
2: I mean, would you want to know that you're about to have, like, some dude ride you for a mile and a half or whatever, like, whipping you with a stick?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's something that's always bothered me, too, (laughs) them getting whipped like that. I mean, apparently it doesn't do serious damage, but, man, that seems pretty cruel to me. They, They hit them pretty hard.
3: yeah. Then they better start running.
1: <laughs> you yeah. better get your ass in gear.
3: Yeah, exactly. no, just let the horses loose. I, don't, I think that's enough of a punishment where the rest of your life you get to you know, have, have sex, sex and get paid for yeah. it. Basically. Yeah.
0: I told you I had a little take on it. you know. And we talked last week about it really lost its luster as far as not being you know, a triple crown opportunity for, for a horse in, that, in the Preakness. I had somebody stopped over our house. I completely forgot about the race. I wasn't looking at my phone to remind me. I didn't preset the v- the DVR like I usually do. I missed the race. I didn't yeah. see it until I watched it on Sports Center. Huh. So uh, if it was a Triple Crown opportunity, I probably would have remembered it. Yeah.
3: The thing with this uh, at the Preakness is what they're known for, other than like the race, obviously, is the porta potty race, which <laughs> is if you haven't seen the videos on yeah. Twitter, just I'm um, like imagine like thirty porta potties lined up, right? Drunk infielders. One guy jumps on the porta potty, runs across, oh. and people are just dousing it with beer, whipping whipping beer bottles at him. It just that's a bucket lister. That's a bucket oh. luster. That that
0: could be done at faster horses, couldn't it?
3: Do they line they them probably, up? They're not. No, not quite the same way. They okay. must know like what would happen <laughs> if they did.
0: Uh, wh- one final thing too. The, the the other big event this weekend. It you know probably going to be old news now. But the PGA. How about uh, Kepka there? He's pretty good. He's he's a guy's guy. Yeah,
3: he he really is. Um, like so he's he he had an interview I listened to with like part of my take on Barstool where he's saying basically he doesn't watch golf unless he's playing. Right, and he grew up you know playing. He only he only ever became a golfer is because he broke his nose playing hockey, and wow. so he had to you know take a few months off, couldn't play hockey for a while. So then he just kind of fell in love with golf.
0: I'll tell you what, he's a he's a heck of a player. What mm-hmm. he's won four majors now,
3: last couple years, back
0: to back PGAs. He's not not even thirty yet. Could be a name we're going to be seeing more of. And, wh- and one of the th-
2: four majors, but only like, I think it's only two non-majors. So it's like right. he just, he shows up for the majors, yeah, wins those, on, takes his money. Yep. But I did see in that interview too that Jared's talking about, um, he said that he's actually like golf is boring to him, that he said like, I, I forget the exact numbers, but he said like from hole five until 14, he like kind of blacks out because he's just bored. <laughs> It's just like, man, what a jerk! <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you're the best golfer in the world, and you're saying it's boring. I- I'd love to have that golf. Oh talent. my
3: god, no kidding! Everyone does have that, you know. When you are golfing, though, first few holes are really fun, and then there really is a lull no, where
2: definitely. you're basically
3: just wanting to get through the round. Almost is basically what yeah. it is.
2: Did you see the video of him though? It kind of like blew up on Twitter a little bit. He was like walking up to the tee box, you know, on Sunday, and he was walking with his girlfriend, who she's pretty out Her Instagram, it's. You wouldn't be upset but uh, Jenna Sims, yep, he was walking oh, up have. with her and she like leaned in to give him a kiss like the cameras were on him so she must have known the cameras were on him and he she leaned in to give him a kiss and he just like basically
1: blew by her off yeah
2: and she like she gave the look that you would expect any <laughs> girlfriend or wife or whatever to give uh when they lean in for a kiss and you say no and it's just like this guy's a boss i mean he knows he's about to win the pga championship and make millions of dollars and he's not not gonna kiss his supermodel wife in front of the cameras.
3: But it did take me off. It's like she you, she knew the cameras are on her. She wanted to kind of be the center of attention in that moment. Right. I don't know. Just that's not a time where you go for a kiss. Right. Right. After it's over. What? Well, just mid walk? Like it's weird. Like this' bizarre. Not when you right. do it. Yeah, she was feeling it. What do you? Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> she played it off pretty well, I guess. I don't know. It just it. For some reason, I watched that video probably like ten times. Just it really punched a nerve with me mm-hmm. it just ticked yeah. me off that she, she tried was that.
2: the one do you guys remember when tiger won the masters and he was mm-hmm. walking back to the clubhouse giving high fives to all the golfers and everything she was like by the door and gave him a hug and she looked like a 12 year old like giddy like i just hugged my role model or something
3: yeah no is that it was at so
2: the yeah, back.
1: yeah yeah
3: it was at the pga championship when uh he got second behind brooks kept last year last year actually is what it was she was waiting for him to come in to the clubhouse and just got it tigers has that effect on girls i guess so i yeah, guess so
0: All right, guys, let's call it. That's it for now. And if you enjoy this show, share 3 Point Podcast with all your friends and family. Subscribe, listen, and share 3 Point Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Google Play Music or other spots. Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at 3 Point Pod. And support our 3 Point Podcast partners, Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Taphouse & Grill, The Corona Connection, and Card Service Michiana. Also be sure to check out our friends at Sports Radio Detroit and Midwest Sports Network for their great programs ramming, including 3-Point Podcast. This has been a 3-Point Podcast production in conjunction with Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Thanks again for listening to and supporting 3-Point Podcast.
1: Can't nobody tell me nothing You can't tell me nothing Can't nobody tell me nothing You can't tell me nothing Riding on a track.